Hello, good day to you. How are you? Thank you so much for being here with me. I thank you. I appreciate your love and your support. Thank you. Thank you. Today is a great day. We are here. We are alive. We have so much to give God thanks for. So before I go any farther, I just want to thank God for today and thank God for you and for you being here and you supporting me. This is author speaker Diane Lubrin. I am the founder of LubrinBooks.com. I am also the founder of a new group I started on Facebook called Life, Love, and Laughter. And the reason why I entitle it Life, Love, and Laughter, it's because of where I came from and because of the hurt that I've gone through, but I refuse to allow it to keep me from becoming a better mean. So life, love, and laughter, it's a reminder to let people who have suffered from abuse sexually, mentally, emotionally, financially, spiritually, and for people who have gone through a trauma, a divorce, the love of a lost one, the loss of a loved one, I'm sorry, the losing the house, losing the car, getting fired, a sickness and disease, whatever the trauma was, the accident, whatever the trauma was, I am here to remind you that there is life, there is love, and there is definitely laughter. But it's something you have got to want, and it's something you have got to be willing to work towards because it's not just going to happen by us thinking about it or just wanting it. We have to put in a little work because faith without works is dead. This afternoon, this morning, this evening, depending on what part of this great big world that you are listening to this message, I want to say again, thank you. And I want to talk to you today about something that we see uh, in our world and it's so prevalent and no one is immune to that and we've all been there to a certain extent and for some of us we have this thing controlling our lives and that thing is called anger. Anger is a blessing blocker, and I will be uh, speaking on that a few uh, on different blessing blockers. We have, uh, of course, anger. We have hatred. We have unforgiveness. We have pride. We have fear. We have shame. You know, bitterness. There, there are so many blessing blockers, and. We are so quick to say, oh, the enemy is fighting me or, or this person and that person, they always take me out of my element and I hate when I go there, but sometimes I have to go there. And when I hear that, I say, well, you do realize that's the choice that you're making because no one can make 
us do anything we don't want to do. We've all been sometime in our life angry. I have yet to find a person that says, I've never been angry. I've never been mad. I've never been, I've never been vexed. I don't think there's anybody in this world. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us Jesus got angry in the temple, saw what the people were doing. It was not uh, of him. And he went on with a, with a whip and he was flipping tables. And sometimes anger can be justified. There are, are, are things that are happen to us and we do have the right to get angry. But my question to you is, how long do you hold on to that anger? How will you allow that anger to control your life? How would you allow that anger to keep you in a place where you are angry all the time, right? So the Bible tells us anger resides in the bosom of fools. Anger, it lives, it dwells in the bosom, in the belly of a fool. Just like we've all experienced anger, <laughs> one, two, three times, we've all had a conversation or tried to communicate with a fool. And I have learned this, a fool is never wrong, only in their own eyes. A fool has all the answers, yet when you look at their lives, nothing makes sense. But in the eyes of a fool, they are living a good life. They have all the answers to all the problems, but yet their lives are filled with problems. It's very difficult to have a conversation with a fool because there will always be butting of heads and and it was it is always going to be one-sided because a fool cannot come out of where he is and go into another place because they're narrow-minded when it comes to anger there are people who are letting dead people control their lives there are people who have been dead years ago and there are still people walking around. I'm still mad at him. Don't say her name. I know she dead. I know he dead. Just don't say their name. I'm still mad. I still can't forget what they did. I still can't forget what they said. I still can't uh, forget how they treated me. And the graveyard is in control of so many people's lives. And people are walking around and, and they're mad at God and they're, they're mad at everything else. Not realizing anger robs life. So many times we get angry and, and we forget that, hey, tomorrow will be here. Or, or, or let me say it like this. We have a chance of being here tomorrow. And if we were to leave the world the day before, leaving this world angry, I, 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 <laughs> I just don't think that would be a healthy way to depart this world. I've noticed people get angry when they are unable to control the lives of someone else. And coming from a place of both sexual and domestic abuse. That's one of the things that 
were used to control me. Anger. If you don't, I'll be mad. If you don't, I'm going to get mad. And for years, because of the anger that was used to control me, I in turn was angry with myself. And I couldn't find peace because I'm angry with myself. I couldn't find anything good about me because I'm angry with myself. And with all that anger, I thought it was everybody else's fault. I did not want to say, you know what? What you're going through is because of you. It was so much easier for me to blame other people, it was so much easier for me to point fingers at other people rather than looking in the mirror and saying, oh no, you're the problem. Your anger got you in that place. Your mouth got you in that place. And I've heard the people who get so angry, they black out. Black out, not remembering what was the last thing they said, not remembering what the last thing they did. Blacked out, got in the car, went driving. And I, I've... I thought about that. I said, oh my God, how many people now are dead because of anger? Because of someone's action. Because someone got so angry, they were unable to control themselves. They had no self-control and they killed somebody because they could not control themselves. Or the other way around. They were coming at somebody with such rage and, and, and such rage and such anger. And in self-defense, they had to be killed. I think about, oh my God, how many people are in, in prison now? They're there. Why? Because of their anger. Because they never got a hold of their anger. They never found a healthy way to release anger. And because we do not like to look in the mirror and say, it's you. Our pride would not allow us to say, it's you. It's so much easier to become a victim. And it's so much easier to remain in the place of being a victim and not realizing nobody wants to be around an angry, vexed person because birds of a feather flocks together. Michael Jackson said, I am standing with the man in the mirror and I'm asking him, Will he change his way? He's not asking anybody else around. There could be a million other people. But that person that's staring back in the mirror, will you change your way? Are you willing to admit, I have an anger issue. I have an anger problem and I need help. A lot of people can't say those three words. I need help. You know why? Pride. Pride is a low-down, dirty, stank thing that gets so many of us into trouble. And it keeps us in a place where we are alienated. And then again, we blame everybody. Nobody want to talk about me. You know, no one, Nobody want to talk to me. You know why? Ain't nobody got time for anger. Everybody wants to be in a positive place. Everybody wants to be around people where we uplift one another, where we uphold one another, where we put a smile on each other's face. Nobody want to be in a place where there is always melee. There's always drama. There is always something going on. I have come to a place 
that I love peace. I have come to a place being at home by myself and not having anything going on. I have come to a place where I love this place. I have come to a place where I refuse to be a victim anymore. Yes, yes, yes. It was not right for my young body to be violated by these men. It was not right for the man that I say I do too, and, and I was doing all I can to make him happy. It was not right that he almost broke my arm. It was not right that I got drugged on the floor like trash. It was not right. I, I got cussed out. I got called out my name. It was not right. And if I stayed in that place of anger, I would be no better than him. If I stayed in that place and I continue saying they did this to me and they did that to me, I would never come out of a place and be a better me. Anger blinds us. Anger does not allow us to see who and what we really are because we're so angry. And for years, I walked around in anger. And you would be surprised how many people are smiling in faces every morning and they are filled with anger. In a dark place, in a maze where it's dark and it's cold and they keep bumping into this and keep bumping into that and having to go back and having to start again. But nobody is saying, you know what? I have this problem and my problem is anger. You know what, Diane? Let me be honest. The reason why my marriage ended, because I'm an angry man. I'm an angry woman. My, my, my husband couldn't do anything right. My wife, she couldn't do anything right. That's the reason why I'm angry. That's why the reason why my marriage ended, because I'm angry. You know why I keep getting these police, uh, this police keep stopping me, getting these DWIs? Because I get angry and I go drinking and I don't care and I'm just driving. My business fell apart. You know why? Nobody wants to work with me because I have this anger issue. Nobody wants to be around me. I have this anger issue. And anger will separate us. It causes people to alienate us. And one thing I learned when I was in that place of anger, the more I was alone, the angrier I got. Because now I have nobody with me. And I need somebody to talk to. And I have nobody to talk to. And I need somebody to, to come and help me but nobody will help me because my attitude stink because of my anger. Too many times we have lost opportunities. Think about it. How many doors have opened and right when you were getting ready to walk into it, it slammed shut in your face. Why said something wrong? walked and operated in the wrong attitude, gave the wrong answer. Why? Because of anger. Can't say I'm sorry. Can't say I apologize because of the pride. Can't go back and say, you know what? I was, I was wrong, man. I messed up. Can you please forgive me? No. It's so much easier to get angry. It's so much easier to lash out, it's so much easier to have an excuse to say, 
See what I'm talking about? It's always me. They always doing this to me. Somebody's always doing me wrong. And we're not opening our eyes. And we're walking around eyes wide open but blind. Today, I wanted to drop this little nugget in your ear. Giving you a minute to look at yourself, do a self-check and see, do you have any anger in you? The person who hurt you all these years, have you released and forgiven them? Your marriage ended up in divorce? Are you still angry? Something didn't go right? You lost the spouse? You lost your job, your car, your house? Are you still angry with God? And now I want to ask you, what have that anger brought into your life? How have that anger added anything to your life? And if you would be true and honest with yourself, you would see, oh my God, anger have been robbing me of life. Anger have kept me away. <laughs> Nobody want to be with me. I'm not invited to any Christmas parties. I'm not invited to any christening, any weddings because of my anger. I used to work with this lady. When I tell you angry, that woman, <laughs> oh my God, her anger. You can see her coming and you can see the anger on her. We would be walking towards the elevator, and for some reason, she always liked going in the elevator by herself because I think subconsciously she knew nobody wanted to deal with her, so she had gotten to a place where she was okay with being with herself and her anger. And she would see us coming, and <laughs> we're running to get to the elevator. And she would shut the elevator door. You would walk past her and you would say good morning. And she was hard as a stone. I remember one time her, well, I can, two, there's two uh, examples. And, and this is just to show you how anger keeps us in a place where nobody wants us. And, and, and everybody said, oh, I don't want her there because she's just, she's just going to kill the mood. What is it called? A Debbie Downer. We don't have time for that. Tell him or her, stay where they at. Let them, let them soak in their anger. We don't want that nasty, dark cloud overshadowing us. So a bunch of girls had uh, they decided uh, as a girl's trip, they were going to go to Hawaii. And I don't think she was invited. <laughs> I think she kind of invited herself. Because she had something to prove to the office. Nobody wanted to do anything with her. So I think she wanted to prove to the office. Oh, I don't need y'all. I got my own life. I'm doing big things too. So she got on the office calendar and big and broad, honey, in black ink. And she put on there, Hawaii. The entire week and the week after that, blacked out, Hawaii. And she's walking around just proud as a peacock. 
and when the week came for her to be in Hawaii, guess what? She was at work. Why? They told her, this is what I think. They told her the trip, the trip would cancel and they went without her. And that's what anger, because they started seeing the real her. When they would have conversation, the answers she would give, the way she would interact with them, she started showing the real her. So they were like, no, we're going to go to Hawaii. We're going to have some fun. We're going to have some drinks. We're going to eat some good food. We're going to enjoy the island. But she was a Debbie Downer. She had been living in an apartment for years and a pipe broke in her house, well, in her apartment. And she went to the manager's office and she told the managers, hey, there, you know, the pipe broke and, you know, I move into another apartment while all of this has been fixed and whatnot. They told her, no. <laughs> the apartment manager, was willing to let her out of her lease rather than having her stay in the apartment. And everybody knew her. You never had to call her name. All they had to say was that mean lady, that lady with the bad attitude, that angry lady. And they knew exactly who they were talking about. How many people describe us as being angry? How many people describe us as having a nasty funk stink attitude because we are filled with anger? The Bible tells us, be angry, but sin not. Something happened, I have the right to be angry. Something happens to my children, you know, some in business, I have the right to be angry, especially if somebody try to take advantage of me or somebody do something, you driving down the road and somebody not paying attention because they're texting and driving. And next thing you know, they hit you from the back. You have the right to be angry because you probably was on your way to work on your way to an appointment. And because of that accident, you lost that, uh, that, that, uh, appointment. You, you know what I'm saying? You have to miss work. Whatever happened, you have the right to be angry. But the Bible say, don't sin. Okay, so Diane, how can I be angry and not sin? A lot of people listen to the words that are coming out of their mouth. Profanity. Bleepity bleep bleep bleep. Bleepity bleep bleep bleep. So angry. Can't find words to express how they really feel. So angry, cannot say to somebody, I am so mad right now, I am so angry right now. They can't say that. Anger blinds us. It's like being angry, it's like it shut down a part of your brain where you can't even think of the words to articulate how you're feeling because anger, angry people wanna hurt people. Angry people are always ready to take their anger off somebody. A lot of women like me who have suffered domestic abuse, a lot of the times when our abuser would come home, whether it be parents, 
husband, boyfriend, they would have a bad day at work, a bad day at school, a bad day wherever. And the minute they come in, the person that's there, they just unleash all their anger on that person. Never realizing, you know what? Let me take a break. Let me take a minute. Let me chill. Let me take me a shower. Let me just, you know, because the anger that I'm feeling, I don't want to just dump that on somebody else and now they're carrying that anger and they don't have anybody to release it. See, when we get angry, when we get angry, we can't rationalize. When we get angry, we can't think. When we get angry, there's nobody else in the world but us. And people are hurting because of anger. We go to church and we say, God, I need a word because God, I'm, I'm in a dark place, God. I need a word. And we go into church and we try to get a word, but we can't. Why? Anger has blocked our ears where we cannot hear the words that the Lord is speaking so we can be free, so we can get our breakthrough, so we can be delivered. Anger has consumed us and we're sitting there and we're watching everybody singing and clapping and dancing and enjoying the service and we can't. Praying. You can't pray with anger in your heart because to go to God with anger, you can't concentrate on God because you're more, you, you're more uh, uh, committed to the anger than to the God that we're praying to. So rather than going to God and being cheerful and being happy and saying, God, I just thank you for today. And God, you know, I thank you for my job and my family is okay, God, and everybody is doing great. God, we sit there like a bump on a log, face hard, sour, no joy, no love, no peace, no, nothing, because we have allowed anger to cocoon us and we're in this place and we cannot say, help me, because anger has shut our mouth. I remember I used to be so angry because I couldn't fight back. To go through molestation I couldn't fight back. To go through domestic abuse, I couldn't fight back. And when you can't fight back, that causes you to be more angry. And I hear so many people, and I was the first to say, I'm not angry. I'm not angry. I'm not angry. I may have not liked what they did to me, but I'm not angry. But when you looked at my attitude, oh Lord, <laughs> I was past angry. Because everybody, I had a problem with everybody. It was always this person's fault. Never my fault. I did this because you did this. And the reality of it was I had no self-control. I could not control my anger. I could not say to myself, Diane, why are you allowing things from the past to come back to haunt you and get you back in that place of anger. And I would stay there. And I would dwell in it. <laughs> and I would soak in it.
and I would saturate in it. And the more I did that, the angrier I got, the angrier I got. And I'm trying to understand why am I alone? Why nobody want to talk to me? You know, why nobody want to invite me anywhere? Again, ain't nobody got time for that. Nobody wants to be around the sourpuss. Put me in a place of happiness and I'm good. But nobody wants to be associated with the sour lady. And I remember watching that lady. She would walk to and from the train by herself. And you'll see her a couple days walk with someone. And then the week later, what happened? Oh, I just can't take it. Because it's always bitterness. That venom is always spewing. And you know what they say? Birds of a feather flocks together. You can tell a person. I hear Bishop Jake say that all the time. I know who you are just by the company you keep. And I heard him say, all the angry people, <laughs> all the angry people, they go get together and just have an angry party. All the gossips go get together and have a gossip party. You can tell people by who they hang with. The Bible says you can tell a tree by the fruit that it bears. I wanted to come to you. And I want you to think about that. I, I, I want you to pay attention. You know, do, do, do a self-examination. Do, do a self-check. Take inventory of your life. I know 2018, we're, we're almost, we're halfway past the third month of the new year. But it's never too late to start. It's never too late to say, you know what? I see this in me. And I want to change it. I see that in me. And it's not healthy for me. I've lost friends. I lost my marriage. I've lost my job. I, I've just lost too much. There's this young lady. I was like, oh my God. I know she has. I know she has probably the record of being fired. <laughs> I know she has the record of being fired more than anybody else in one year. And you know why? She always pops off at the mouth, very angry. You'll tell her something for her good, she'll pop off at the mouth. Why? Because the Bible warns us, anger, it lives, it resides in the bosom of a fool. So. It doesn't matter who spoke to her, who talked to her. It didn't matter who tried to help her and is still trying to help her. Until she gets that anger out, her life will be the same. And I am saying this to you. Until you get the anger out, your life will remain the same. Until you get the anger out, you're not going to see anything different in your life. A change in our lives, it doesn't start with anyone else. It starts with us. When we want to change our lives, we have to do a self-check. We have to see, okay, this is where I'm strong. This is where I'm weak. This is where I had. This is where I lost. So take inventory 
and say to yourself, this anger is a deficit to my life, to my future, to my family, to my job. Anger, it will destroy lives. It will destroy lives. And it, it, it goes from anger to bitterness to unforgiveness to hate. And these are all the things that we are going to discuss because they are all blessing blockers. After leaving my ex-husband, God got me out of domestic abuse. But domestic abuse remained in me because I had all these things on the inside of me. So even though he was no longer beating on me, even though he was no longer calling me out of my name, even though he was no longer controlling me with fear and, and with his words and with his fist, guess what? I was still in a place of abuse, but this time he was not doing it. I was doing it to myself. Self-abuse. Destroying ourselves, Not realizing there is this big world out there. And there's so much we can do. And there are so many doors that has the potential to open to us. But they never will. Because of the anger that we allow to take a hold of us because of the anger that we allow to keep us from walking and receiving everything God has for us. So, I just want to say I am so grateful that you are here. I pray that this has ministered to you. I pray this has given you something to look forward to because the only way we can get the stuff out of us, we have to talk to God. We have to let God know you got to get it out of me because if, 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 if I don't get this anger out, as long as I stay in a place of anger, God, I can't see your hands. I, I, I'm not getting my blessings. I'm not getting my favor. So God, I need you to get anger out of me. I need you to remove the anger so I can see, so I can hear, so I can understand. I need you, God, to remove the anger so I don't remain in the place of a fool. Our God is not a foolish God. And if our God is not a foolish God, there is no reason why we should be foolish. So, thank you again. I pray this has blessed you and it has caused you to open your eyes and let today be a brand new day as you begin to let your mind shift to being a better you. Thank you. This is yours truly, Diane Lubre, author and speaker, founder of LubreBooks.com. If you're not following me on Facebook, Go to author Diane Lubre. You can go to Instagram author Diane Lubre as well as Twitter Diane Lubre as well as 
Lubrant Books. So you can find me there. Also, don't forget, I am giving away a free copy of my 31-day daily devotional prayer journal on March 31st. I will be doing doing that on my uh, author Diane Lubrin page on Facebook. So please, if you have not registered, go ahead, do so, so you can win your free copy and you have an encouragement. And the way I did this uh, devotional, it's not just for one day. You can take that devotion and you can chew on it because after each day, there are pages where you can take notes, you know, and go back and meditate and just have it be a real blessing to you. I hope to see you back. I thank you so much. Oh, don't forget, go to Life, Love, and Laughter on Facebook. Become a part of our group, please. Only positivity. So if you want to sing, do your thing. You want to do an audio, you want to live a, a, a poem, whatever you want to do, and encouraging words, do so. Let us strengthen one another. And again, one love. That is the agape love of God. Bye, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your day. Hello. How are you? Thank you for joining me today. I so appreciate you being here. Thank you so very, very, very much. It is a rainy day here today. Kind of dark, kind of gloomy. So I said, why not come and talk to you so I can bring a little sunshine into your life. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Depending on what part of this great big world that you live in, I am so grateful and I am so honored that you have taken the time to spend with me today. I want you to know it's never taken lightly. I am very, very grateful and I am very, very appreciative of you taking the time to be with me. My name is Diane Lubram, I'm an author, I'm also a speaker. I am the founder of LubramBooks.com. I am also the founder of the Facebook group, Life, Love, and Laughter. So if you have not joined Life, Love, and Laughter on Facebook, please do so. I just started it and we're over 300 strong already, so we are growing. And I would be so happy if you would be a part of it as well. And in this group, what we do, we uplift. In this group, we, we, we don't do anything negative. We don't say anything negative. It's all about positivity. It's all about love. It's all about joy. It's all about peace. It's all about doing what God would want us to do. Like he tells us, you know, to treat others in the same way, in the same manner that we would want to be treated. I was with you uh, last week. And uh, I told you guys I was going to start uh, this this series God had laid on my heart. And it's called Blessing Blockers. And the one we did last week was on anger. And, and I had a lot of good feedbacks on anger because I did it on here on Anchor and as well as on Facebook. And I got a lot of really, really good feedbacks. Also, if you're not following me on Facebook, you can go to author Diane Lubra and follow me there, like my page. 
and we got a lot of feedback on on anger because so many people are walking around filled with anger and they don't realize they don't understand why they're angry and sometimes we have to dig deep to get to the root of the matter and that part that process we do not like because we have to relive the things that got us there so it if it was the death of somebody, uh, the, the breaking up of a marriage, of a family, you know, sometimes we don't want to go back to these ugly places, but we sometimes fail to realize we have to go back there so we can attack the cause at the root. And once we destroy the root, then the cause is, is, is fixed and we don't have to worry about it coming back because if you uproot a tree by the roots, you take care of everything, you know, that tree is not going to grow back. So that's what uh, we spoke about last week was anger. So today we're going to talk about worrying, worrying. There are so many people that cannot sleep at night. There are so many people while they're driving, they are in a daze. They can't even think of driving properly because their minds are so wrapped up in, in worrying about whatever it is that got them. Oh, did our music end, y'all? And, and for so many people, there is so much we worry about and we don't pay attention to to how worrying affects our life. Worrying, this is just me. I just believe worrying makes you old. That's just me. I could be wrong. I believe worrying just put wrinkles on your face and make your hair gray and stuff like that. That's just me again, <laughs> like I say. But worrying is something that's never good for us. And not only is it not good for us, worrying is something God don't want for us. Right? Because the scripture to back this up is Matthew chapter 6 from verse 25 to 34. And, and Jesus asked, the, he asked them, why are you worrying? When you worry, you cannot change the situation. When you worry, it only adds more stress to you. When you worry, it's, it's not healthy for you because like I say, worrying, you can't sleep at night which affects your health, you can't sleep at night, which causes you not to be able to, to focus during the day. Worrying does not change anything. I look at worrying as a part of fear. Worrying and fear are like cousins because when you worry, it takes you into a place of, oh my God, what if, what if, what if, what if. And I noticed when I used to be this gigantic worry ward, I would try to think of all these different scenarios and try to put things in so many different categories and would always come back to the same answer. And can somebody say crazy? And yes, I must agree with that because I was worrying. I wasn't sleeping. I developed insomnia. I could not sleep because I would be at work. I can't do my stuff driving a million miles away. You can't have a conversation with anyone because you're worried. And Jesus is asking us, what are you worrying about? He said, don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to drink. Don't worry about what you're going to put on this body. Don't worry about life. He said, because life in itself will take care of itself. See, life don't take care of us. God takes care of us, but life itself takes care of life. That why, that's why life does not stop. Somebody can die today and life will keep going. I remember when my dad died 
And you guys may have heard me say that before. The next day I woke up, sun was shining, there was a bird singing, I looked down the street, somebody was walking. Life never stopped. Life just kept on going. And I was just so worried about, oh my God, my daddy is gone. And so many of us are worried about so many things. And to some extent, you, you, you might say, Diane, but you don't understand. Diane, I have these kids to feed. Diane, my marriage is on the line all these things and yes 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 you when you look at it in the natural you have every right to be worried but when you look at it in the spirit when you listen to what the lord say he say he say look at the birds of the air the birds of the air <laughs> they don't plant they don't dig they don't go to the grocery store they don't buy clothes the birds of the air does nothing but do what god told them to be be birds sing chirp fly and that's it and that's what the bird that's what the birds does and and jesus asked aren't you more valuable than the birds the same god that provides worms for the birds don't you think he'll provide everything you need? And then he said this, Oh, ye of little faith. Wow. Wow. So an absent of faith is the presence of worrying. When we don't have faith, that's when worrying takes place. And we place our eyes more on the problem rather than the problem solver who is God. And today I just wanted to come and to encourage you and to just say, hey, whatever it is that you're so worried about, give it to God. And when you give it to him, don't take it back. Because if you take it back, you're going to continue worrying about it. But you say, okay, God, these kids, I can't handle them. They, you see what they're doing to me on this job? Whatever is going on, whatever is wrong, whatever is not right, all you have to say, okay, God, this is it. I am giving it to you. I'm not taking it back. You say to trust you. You say to have faith. And that's what I'm doing. So I know you can't lie. So what you told me you're going to do, you're going to do it. So you know what, God? Here's all the worry. Here's all the frustration. Here's the stress it brought with it. Here's the insomnia it brought with it. Everything this issue has brought to me that keeps me up at night, keeps me in a funky mood. Whatever it is, whatever it is, whatever it is. Okay, God, I give it to you. Boom. I don't want it. You take care care of it and I had to learn when I did that there was a calm and a peace that came over me I used to be so worried about my children and I said you know what God because <laughs> I used to think my kids were my kids and they were God's grandkids <laughs> yes yes you heard me right I used to think my kids were my kids and they were God's grandkids. So I would be more worried about my kids than God was worried. Okay. So how crazy is that for us to think God will not take care of our children? When he tells us that he will always, always be there. See, we can't bank on other people's word. But we can always bank on God's word. Because God's word is always true. God's word will never change. So when he say, don't worry. Don't worry. So when he said, go to sleep, go to sleep, the greatest, uh, not the greatest, but the richest king in Israel was Solomon. And Jesus said, look at the lilies of the valley, as beautiful as they are. They don't sow, they don't toil, they don't reap, they don't, they do nothing but be lilies of the valley. 
because that's what God tell them to do. Be a lily and that's what you have to do. And the Bible said not even Solomon, because Solomon was the richest man ever, 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 ever. And the Bible said not even Solomon was dressed like the lilies. So if God will take care of the lilies that are here today and are gone tomorrow, how much more will he take care of you and I? Don't worry. The a uh, couple days ago we were listening to the song "Don't Worry, Be Happy," and I was like, I was talking to my fiance. I was like, Oh my God, that was such a huge song, and it was such a basic song, but it had such a powerful message, and that's what made that song so big. Don't worry. Be happy because worrying is not going to change anything. It's going to change you. It's going to change your mood. It's going to change because you know it's going to affect your weight. Your weight, your weight is going to fluctuate because some people when they worry, all they do is eat. And there are others when they worry, they don't eat. So somebody gains weight and somebody loses weight. And guess what? Nobody is happy with their current appearance. So worrying it changes nothing nothing it's raining today i can sit here and worry all day long oh my god it's raining my dogs can't go out and play like i would like them to guess what the rain is not gonna stop whoever has to drive out in the rain they're gonna have to keep driving in the rain oh my the rain is not gonna stop this evening is not gonna not come it's gonna come People say, I dread the next day. It doesn't matter how you dread it. It's still going to come. So all you have to do is take your worries and give it to God and let God work out your worries. Because there's nothing you and I can do when it comes to worrying. All we can do is to just be a part of this world to be a part of this life and as time goes by and as life goes by we just have to continue living you can't stop living because you're worrying about what your spouse is doing you you can't get worried about what your children are doing you can't get worried about the job and, and the stock market and how our sales coming we can't get worried about these things because if we get worried about these things you guys we're gonna drive ourselves crazy right and the last thing we need is anybody else to not be in a place of of a healthy mental right we're, we're seeing what we're what what an unhealthy mental is is doing to so many people in the world so many people are on these medication to keep them from worrying and 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 they can't cope with life because life is coming at a rapid space and they at a rapid speed and they can't handle it and god is saying to you if you're worried come to me all you that are heavy laden all you that have burdens all you that are carrying all these things you can't carry it you can't handle it why are you still carrying it he's saying give it to me give it to me i'll not only take care of it I'll take care of you. Give it to me. Let me show you why I ask you to call me Abba. Because I'm your father. 
I love you. I want what's best for you. And worrying is not good for you. And I don't like to see my children worry. So today I just wanted to come by. Like I told you guys, this one was going to be short. Not long at all. Not long at all. This one was going to be short. Just to come by and to just encourage you to remain focused. Take your eyes off the problem. Take your eyes off the issue and put your eyes on God. And when you do, you'll see a great change in you. Your mood will change. Everything about you will change because Worrying just destroys who we are because we can't think of anybody else but ourselves. We can't love anybody else and we definitely can't love ourselves because worrying has consumed us. So thank you so much for being here today. A short one, a short one. Thank you for being here today. I have to go ahead and do my Facebook Live as well. I got to show you guys love and I got to show Facebook some love and don't forget... Oh, excuse me, if you have not listened to the uh, podcast on anger, you can go ahead and listen to it. And I'm telling you, that really brings a change in our lives. Really, really. Because you will get to see all of these blessing blockers, anger, worrying, you know, unforgiveness, bitterness. You get to see how they all are in cahoots. They all are entangled with each other and very very seldom you find one and not the other but if you find anger then you'll find worrying because after you've had that explosion in your anger then you go to worrying oh my god what did they think about me oh my god what did they you know what i'm saying so it goes from anger to worrying and then it's like oh my god nobody want to be with me so it takes you to another place so now you're bitter and you just become this ball of all these different emotions and if you don't let it go it's gonna consume who you are it's gonna consume your world it's gonna consume every every everything about you so that's why I really believe God has just given me this series called blessing blockers because there are so many blessings that he wants to give to us but because of all these issues because all of these emotions that are not in a good place it's, 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 it's keeping us from receiving everything he has for us. And if you are a parent, you know you always want, always want what's best for your children. You don't want to see your children cry. You don't want to see them afraid. You don't want to see them scared. You don't want to see uh, your children going to school and they don't want to go to school because there's a bully and we all know the enemy is the bully. And whatever a parent can do to bring peace to the lives of their children, whatever a parent can do to make their babies feel, you know what? I got you. You don't have to worry about anything. Mommy got you. Daddy got you. Then that put that child in a place of rest. And that's what the Lord wants for you. He wants to put you in a place of rest. I used to worry so much, especially when it 
come uh, to, to domestic abuse and sexual abuse. Be worried at school. Oh my God, when I get home, you know, I have a, a couple hours to be free and be a child, you know. But I know when he gets home, I have to change who I am. I have to become, you know, somebody else. Because when you are around the person that's violating you, when you are around the person that's molesting you, the person that's abusing you, you have to be in two different mind frames because you have to remain in a mind frame where other people think you're normal and then you have to remain in the mind frame where he wants you to stay and so there's all kind of worries going on and I would be at home and I would be feeling all good by myself and I would hear the garage door go up and fear would grab me because all of a sudden, oh my God, I'm not what he wants. I'm not, I'm not looking the way he wants me. You know what I'm saying? I'm driving home from work and I'm worried. Oh, he didn't call. Why he didn't call? Because uh, he's, he's teaching me a lesson. He wouldn't talk to me. So I'm now on punishment. What can I do to get out of the doghouse? How do I have to act? How do I have to lower myself to make him feel higher than me, make him feel better than me? So I could come out of the doghouse and I would just be worried about everything, not caring about myself, not caring about my children. All I would do was worry about him and how he would treat me and how I would react. Just a ball of mess, just in a place of darkness and a place of confusion. And that was so unhealthy for me and I would eat like a pig and I wouldn't gain any weight. And then I would get to the point where I couldn't eat so here I am looking like a skeleton with just skin on it and it's just such a horrible place to be in a place where there is constant constant worrying and I don't want you to worry because you deserve happiness you deserve peace you deserve joy and there is a huge difference between happiness and joy because I knew how to pretend to be happy we all know how to <laughs> how to pretend to be happy right we all know how to put on that face uh, and then when people leave or when you get off the phone you hang up you go back to being you know sad but when you have joy the song say this joy the world did not give it to me and the world cannot take it away and that's what happens when you say you know what you take it god i'm good i am good where i am i am appreciating this joy right now i could be at home chilling by myself i can be at home just doing nothing and i'm not worried about anything you told me you'll take care of it. when i tell you i used to be in such a place of worrying y'all such a place of worry because when I got disabled and I had to get off of work you know and I was like oh my god all of a sudden I'm not making the money that I used to make and Lord the bill is due and oh my god and all these things were just going through my mind and once I gave it to God my electric never got cut I had food I was never naked I was never in the dark because God did exactly what he said he would do. He would take care of me when I come to the place and realize, hey, can't nobody take care of me better than God can. Because I finally came to the place and say, you know what? Worrying is ruining my life. Worrying is robbing me from life. So I say, you know what? No more worrying. Here you go, God. Take it. And my life has changed forever. And that's what I want to tell you. When you give it to God, your life 
will change forever, forever, ever, forever, ever. <laughs> Your life will change forever. So today, you go ahead and you enjoy the rest of your day and uh for some reason our music didn't work out today y'all so hopefully next time we can have some music and our music will act right but for whatever reason our music didn't want to act right today but anyway i was able to get the word out to you to let you know that god loves you to let you know that God does not want you to worry. To let you know that God wants what's absolute best for you. But as long as you hold on to worrying, he can't do anything with it. You're going to have to relinquish that worrying. You're going to have to give it to him so you can receive the gift of joy and peace and love. That's why I named my Facebook group Life, Love, and Laughter. Because I want people to remember there is life, there is love, there is laughter after our trauma and after our abuse. Because trauma and abuse will take us out of a healthy place and put us in all these different emotions. So you guys hold your head up. Again, I want to thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you. I'm hoping to come back. What's today, God? Tuesday by Thursday. And if I don't get to talk to you guys by Thursday, I have a couple appointments. If I don't get to talk to you guys by Thursday, please have a great Easter. Have a wonderful Easter. Enjoy yourself. And hopefully, yeah, I'll talk to you guys before then. But if you don't get to hear me and if I don't get to talk to you, then have a great Easter. And let's not forget, you guys, what Easter means. Easter is a celebration. Easter is us remembering just like Christmas is remembering that God sent Jesus for us to die for us. Easter is remembering the resurrection after they beat him and after they crucified him and after they put him in a tomb. The Bible tells us on the third day, the Holy Ghost of the Almighty God raised up Jesus from the dead. And now he sits on the right hand of the Father in glory. And that's how we can give him the worrying. Because as he went through those, those days leading up to, to his crucifixion, he was worried. And, and the Bible tells us in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was worried. That's why when he went to, to pray, his sweat became as great drops of blood you only get in a place like that when you are worried out of your mind when stress is squeezing you when you have when you when you don't have any control of anything so that's what easter is it's very cute to see the kids in their little pretty dresses and suits i love it seeing them in their baskets but we that are older we know what uh easter is and and what a blessed blessed day as horrific as that day of crucifixion was easter makes it all worth it so you and i we can have a smile on our face you and i we can be happy you and i can have peace love and joy so you guys i'll see y'all soon i love you so much god bless you bye bye